heard across the Resonate Regional Radio Network. It's my time, it's my life. I hope you will come along. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network, Tuesday morning, the 21st of June. A very good morning to everybody listening to us through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longreach, 4GC Charters Towers, and the Hot Country Network. A very good morning to you. If you missed any of our shows, wooshka.com and go to uh, Rural Queensland today or get in contact with me, ben.dobbin at ruralqldtoday.com.au. Lachlan Miller will join us. It's budget day today. We'll catch up with Peter Bedell, uh, the origin on this Sunday. We'll talk with Peter Baldwin from the Australian Livestock Property Agents Association. He's the chief executive. And a recap of FarmFest, Kate Nugent, the ACM Rural Events Group Manager. The numbers are quite staggering. This is Rural Queensland today. Lachlan Miller joins us next. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. We'll start the morning with Lachlan Miller, the member for Gregory. Now, the government, the Labor government, despite all the attacks, will hand down their budget today. It it, it is really, really concerning what we are going to expect. There's been no financial management at all by this Labor government for some time, and yet the spend still keeps on coming. Early this morning, I saw a tweet from the Premier suggesting that she's going to put more money into hospitals and beds. Well, too little, too late. Lachlan Miller, good morning. How are you? Good morning, mate. Great to be with you. Yeah. What are you expecting first up from this budget from the Labor government? Well, mate, uh, so far with all the uh, announcements, it seems to be a very much a Brisbane budget, not a regional Queensland budget. I'm yet to see what they're going to do with hospital funding. Uh, they said it's going to be a record hospital uh, budget for health, but Mate, we've still got ramping. We've still got major issues across our hospitals. Uh, people aren't being seen on time. Elective surgery waiting lists are blowing out. Uh, mate, uh, I'm not sure what this budget's going to deliver, but I can certainly say this. I don't think it's going to deliver much for us in regional and rural Queensland. Yeah, and that, well, <laughs> hello. Um, she's <laughs> never been a, a strong push from, from uh, this government about regional Queensland, knowing full well that... The royalties that they get are the only thing that are keeping them afloat. So that gets handed down today. Where, let's crystal ball, where, where would we like to see some money spent? Oh, mate, I'd love to see money spent on roads. Uh, finishing off the, uh, you know, the Tambo Springshaw Road, the Bohini uh, at uh, Duringa Road. I mean, I'm just talking about roads around a mile after, but right across regional Queensland. Uh, you know, we definitely need. Uh, you know, funding on roads, but uh, also funding on infrastructure in rural and regional Queensland. Uh, also, more funding towards health in rural and regional Queensland as well, mate. Uh, you know, it's just not about southeast Queensland. I know there's major ramping and uh, issues down in southeast Queensland, down in Brisbane, but mate, we need uh, uh, you know some of that money to come out to rural and regional Queensland. We need more doctors. Uh, we need more medical. Uh, um, facilities in, in our area, you know, um, what I've been waiting for for a very long time and it's been promised, uh, you know, t- nearly two years ago was uh, obviously renal dialysis in Longridge. Uh, it's still yet to be built. I, I, I need renal dialysis in, in Emerald. Uh, you know, people should be able to get that care locally uh, in, in where they come from rather than having to travel all the way down to Rocky or splitting families up like uh, it's done in Longridge and Emerald where people have had to either move to Townsville or move to move to Rockhampton. I think it's pretty unfair how they treat us out there. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, isn't it? Um, we just want the equal 
the equal footing as everybody else wants. Uh, a little bit of understanding that if you want to have a baby in regional Queensland, you should be able to have a baby, whether or not it's in Theodore, Chinchilla. You shouldn't have to drive hours and hours and hours to give birth to a child. If, you want to, if you've got an illness, you shouldn't have to jump on a plane and fly to Brisbane. We need to make sure that the services from schooling, from policing, from, from medical improve. They have to improve. And on top of that, I know that they'll say, well, they're half-funded by the federal government, but the roads are an absolute priority. Oh, absolutely, mate. I mean, uh, our roads, uh, as you know, are our wealth arteries uh, for regional Queensland. I mean, that's this is where the money comes from. Uh, with, you know, moving livestock, you know, from paddock to, to, to you know, obviously paddock to, to, to where it's got to go, mate. And, uh, yeah, it's important that we have the right roads there. But the other thing which is a little bit worrying for me at the moment is I think that, uh, you know, we're going to see an increase in royalties uh, uh, on our mining companies, you know, and that's, uh, you know, this is what this is what really gets there. They'll take the money, all the royalties from the mining companies, which come from regional Queensland, but they won't spend the money back in regional Queensland. That's my, my concern. I mean, we've got to make sure you've got to, if you want to continue to grow the economy, you've got to grow where where the economy is making the money from, and uh, that is rural and regional Queensland, whether it's in agriculture, whether it's in mining, but we've got to have those in- the infrastructure there, such as social housing and uh, roads and health and, and, and so on, to make sure that, you know, we have a strong economy. Lachlan Miller, our guest this morning on Rural Queensland Today. Um, Lachlan, th- there's also, th- there's also uh, a lot to do with tourism. Now, we saw Richard Kinnan bringing this big paddle steamer up and He's in your electorate. But that's been driven in a lot of the tourism dollar, with yourself included, has been driven by locals getting together and band together with no help from the government to start off with. And then once the gravy train started, they they understood just how important this was. But this is now a huge part of everything that we do. We need to make sure that this is a continuation and something that everybody stands by, that we continue this tourism pushed in out back in regional Queensland. Oh, you're absolutely right, mate. You know, tourism is an important part of our our, our economy, and you know, it's one of our commodities, mate. We've got you know, obviously beef and wool uh, out there, but we've also got tourism, and it's a uh, it's 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 a part of the cash. Uh, you know, what I what I mean, it's it's, it's a very important uh, you know economy for Longreach. Now, just to give a shout out to Richard, uh, he brought that uh, paddle steamer, the Pride of the Murray. Uh, up here by himself with very little assistance. So I don't think any assistance from uh, from from the government. Um, it costs a lot of money. He's put a lot of effort into it, um, and it's going to be a, a significant contributor to the economy in regional Queensland because people are going to come up. They want to. They want. They'll see that. They want to be on it. It, it, it it'll be in a fantastic addition to what is a pretty incredibly uh, smart tourism operator uh, in regional Queensland. So. But, yeah, that's the thing. We've got people who go out there and, and really give it a crack, give it a crack and, and try to get the uh, – and give it a go. And, get, and it gets the economy going, mate, which is, you know, fantastic. Mate, what um, what's the big challenges that you're facing at the moment? Well, mate, the big challenge at the moment is <clears throat> obviously, you know, uh, keeping up with, uh, you know, services in regional rural Queensland. I mean, I think uh, health is a big challenge at the moment, mate, uh, in rural Queensland, regional rural Queensland, being able to – you know, see a doctor, uh, you know, or people get, needing their elective surgery or, or getting those services such as renal dialysis. Um, that's a huge issue. Obviously, mate, you know, uh, housing uh, is a big issue. We've got plenty of jobs 
in rural and regional Queensland, but the problem we've got is being able to house people. Uh, there's not enough housing stock or enough houses in rural and regional Queensland in my area to be able to encourage people to come out here. We've got you know fantastic uh, places to live, but uh, we need to find the housing or, or have enough housing to be able to accommodate these people, to get them out of southeast Queensland and get them into you know rural and regional Queensland. Yeah, well said. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens today anyway, regardless. A very interesting period of time. Uh, the budget being handed down this morning and then the fallout from that, no doubt David Chris Fully and the rest of um, the opposition will have a response and we obviously all need to, and people will be critical because the devil will be in the detail. So it'll be very interesting to see. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much for being with us, Lachlan. Great to chat. Thanks, Dobbo. Thanks, listeners. Good on you. Rural Queensland today. That's the member for Gregory Lachlan Miller. This is Rural Queensland today, Tuesday morning, the 21st of June on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Rural Queensland today, Resonate Broadcast Network, uh, Tuesday morning, the 21st of June. Origin Game 2. It'll be in Perth this Sunday. And Queensland, obviously, are very, very consistent. Their changes haven't been over the top. On the other hand, New South Wales have thrown the bath out and it's the Penrith Panthers practically taking on a Queensland origin side. The steppers through it this morning. Chief league writer for the Courier Mail, one of News Limited's finest. Peter Bedell joining us this morning, a regular on this show. Bomber, good morning. Firstly, it's a very, very handy situation to be in when you lose a bloke and a calibre of Reuben Cotter and yet you replace him with Tino Farah Sormuali, who is a regular 13 at his club at the Gold Coast Titans. Yeah, absolutely, Dobbo. Look, they're in the box seat, aren't they, Queensland? They've, they've had a lot more depth to choose from this year, and it's a credit to the Cowboys and the Broncos. Their performance in, in the NRL has segued nicely and parlayed some depth for the Maroons. And and I, and I think, Dobbo, they go to Perth with a lot of confidence. They were the better team in Game 1. They showed a lot of belief in their systems. And I think Walcott is a loss. He's only played one game, Dobbo, and Tino is a, is a sensational player, a great work ethic. I think you'll have no problem slotting into that number 13. And it opens the door, Dobbo, in the front row for Lindsay Collins to start. What a sensation he was in game one. I think this is a tailor-made stage for him to have another blinder. Yeah, you're right. You're very right in the way that things go. And Lindsay Collins, he was lucky in some ways not to get booked for the tackle. Moving forward, he's origin. He is what origin is about. And the the, the complexity in now of the bench is a lot more clearer now because Carrigan will come off the bench. They don't – and they bring Joy Arrow on there. And it, in some ways, it strengthens them. They don't lose – that's probably the wrong word. They don't lose as much as what New South Wales would have lost if they'd had those injuries. Yeah, it's a good point, Dobbo. And look, I, I think it's a consistent methodology from Billy with his tactical approach. I mean, I, I, I thought initially he would start Carrigan when Cotter was ruled out. But the more I think about it, and this is why Billy is such a, a good coach, Dobbo, he thought the, the impact that Carrigan made off the bench in game one was emphatic. And I let's maintain the status quo there. And Joy Arrow, for me, Dobbo, is very much a like-for-like replacement for a Cotter. He just comes in on the bench as the workhorse. And, and so I think... Tino's size at 13 will be significant in the early stages. He can absorb the early exchanges and then you put Carrigan on again to replicate what he did in game one. So good move by Billy. But I've got to say, Dobbo, the Blues for me, I think there's a smell of panic here to drop so many players, make seven changes, drop Katoni Staggs, 
drop Ryan Madison, who did nothing wrong really off the bench, drop Regan Campbell-Gillard. I think Freddie, for the first time in his coaching career, Dobbo with the Blues, I sense that he's a little bit rattled. I can't believe some of the changes that he's made. I mean, I understand Matt Burton, but for Katoni Staggs to be dropped off the performance of one game, uh, it, it, it does reek of sheer desperation. They understand the importance of this game. We saw, we were present when that job went on. We saw it, mate, in Perth. It was it was ugly that night we were in Perth. But, yep. but this Queensland side, I think, is a bit more measured. It's more... I suppose, hardened and it's ready to fire. Yeah, absolutely, Dobbo. And I, and I agree with you about the Blues. I thought Tony Staggs wasn't too bad in game one. Look, he didn't have an outstanding game, but he left the field injured in the 52nd minute. I thought he made a few handy runs. Maybe the occasion, perhaps, Dobbo could have got to him the touch, but it was his debut. I think he would have been better for the run. But look, Matt Burton is a good player, Dobbo. Steve Crichton's got class. And I've got to say, for me, Dobbo, Jake Kravojevic, he should never have been dropped in the first place. I think that was a really poor decision by the Blues. His return, he will just list for the occasion. But, uh, but Dobbo, they've got a lot of wounds to, to lick, don't they, Queensland from Perth. That 38-6 to debacle, we were there that night. They were absolutely towed up. But the good news is, Dobbo, the man that scored a hat-trick that night, Tom Travoyevich, he's not there. He's not so there. That, that could be one boost. For, for the mighty Maroons. Yeah, his brother Jake, though, is, so he's back in there. No Josh Adokar, I'm still complexed at that um, lack of being selected. I, I, I would have thought he would have been the first picked. Surprising, Dobbo, again, I, I agree with you. I mean, I just think Josh Adokar is a big game player. He's a wonderful player. He's a proven rep player. So much speed, and in that arena, speed counts in origin, and I just think Josh would have been outstanding in game one, and I have no doubt if he was picked again, he would have done the job, but I guess that's what happens, Dobbo, when you choose to go to an interior club like the Bulldogs who are struggling. Sometimes the you can be your casualty can be your representative jumpers. And look, Daniel Tupo, I guess he did nothing wrong in, in game one. And he's got some height and obviously with the Maroons wingers, Selwyn Cobbo and the you the new young gun Dobbo, Murray Tualangi, isn't he a big body? I think he can be a real surprise marking up against Tupo this week. Yeah, a lot of people question Corey Oates lack not being selected. I I mean are they in danger, and I'm not going to drill down too hard on this, that the Cobo to Alungi lack of experience, I understand, but they're, they're first graders, but I'm talking origin experience where there was a bloke like Oates who we know can get the job done. Yeah, Dobbo, I'll say this. My only concern about Oatsy, and he's been magnificent this year, probably the best football I've ever seen him play, so credit to Oatsy for fighting back. It's a sign of his constitution, but... The one knock we probably all have on Oates at this stage of his career at age 27 is he's lost a bit of speed, and speed is so essential in origin. And I think he's brave on kick returns, Oates. He's a big body. But Murray Tualangi Dobbo, he's 103 kilos. He has been outstanding for the Cowboys this year. His defensive reads are underrated. He finishes well. If you look at him and Oates, tail of the tape across the board, you have to say Murray ticks more boxes. And he's younger. He's on the rise. So I've got no problem with it, Dobbo. I think Tuolungi will handle the occasion. He spoke yesterday at the Maroons media session. He was so composed for a young guy. I was I was very impressed with him. I think he'll go well. Yeah, uh, I, I think you're right. Now, mate, give me a tip. <laughs> it won't be 38 to 6, Dobbo. <laughs> it won't be a carve-up. No, look, I'll go the Maroons. I think they built a lot of belief from game one. It's going to be tight. I think they win by four, and they, they bring home the shield, Dobbo, to mighty Queensland.
Yeah, I think you're right. And that game, uh, game three, will be quite epic. Really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for being with us as usual. Peter Bedell, Chief League Writer for the Crew Mail. This is Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. You're with Ben Dobbin. And it is Tuesday morning, the 21st of June, across rural Queensland today. Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network, Tuesday morning, the 21st of June, across rural Queensland today. ACM Rural Events Group Manager is Kate Nugent. She joins us this morning. Kate, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us. Good morning, Ben. Um, Farm Fest, the biggest in history. Um, That's the big headline and, and the really... I suppose, exciting story that we can talk. Tens of millions of dollars worth of agriculture, machinery and services changed hands. Uh, It was the biggest ever and Toowoomba put on a show for everyone. It was amazing, Ben, and it is a reflection of the optimism uh, that does exist in the Australian primary industry. Uh, We had record crowds. We had record exhibitors. And over the three days, record sales. In fact, I hadn't seen these in probably since the halcyon days of the 80s, where we um, certainly uh, had all styles in alignment then with um, the commodity pricing, obviously with um, our very buoyant seasons. Um, We have been conflicted. We have been challenged. uh, But I have to say, uh, it was just out. Standing, uh, Toowoomba Rose, Darling Downs, certainly um, just demonstrated uh, what we can do in the Australian agricultural landscape. And what was done was the sales that were achieved over the days. Two and a half million um, with uh, farming machinery with one company. There wow. was one tool company, over a million dollars uh, of sales. We're not talking leads. We're talking sales. Uh, construction equipment. One company reported 600000 Another company, a million dollars. So it was, uh, without doubt, highly successful. And certainly it just demonstrates that uh, we, we're, we're back, Ben. We're back. Yeah, and, and, and I can hear the excitement in your voice. And, 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 and it is so great. The, the flow-on effect is so great because – from agriculture, we see a, a earnings and then obviously to these companies that are recording and reporting these kind of sales. On the ground, I mean, obviously you hear the good story. Was everybody just excited by it? Were they surprised? Was there surprise around this? Because part of me feels like these field days, it's been brewing with COVID and obviously everything that's been going on around the world it's like the restaurants and the cafes. They've never seen them so busy. Everybody forgets what it was like to go out. And, yeah. and in, in some ways, it's like people forget what a field day's like. And, and I say that with the deepest respect. Absolutely, Ben. Uh, look, I think it, what we um, we had reports back from visitors, reports back from our exhibitors. Uh, with exhibitors, there's no doubt there was an uh, exceeded expectations. That certainly were, you know, we were all going into this with that sense of we're back, uh, you know, we're, we're working through still what is a COVID climate, but certainly not the regulations um, that exist um, only a year before. And so with uh, that in mind, uh, the, the, the exhibitors were geared were geared for sales, although understanding we're still being impacted by supply chain. And so, you know, what we saw and heard was that the farmers were arriving, 
they were they were seeing, they were comparing, uh, they were taking that opportunity that one time of the year when they at the one location where there was just the most incredible range. It was the biggest range of agri products and services that that Elders Farm Fest has ever um, presented, and they they just purchased. They just want, yep. went in, onto a stand and said, I'll take that bike. I'll take that tractor. It was just incredible. And the other aspect of what we witnessed was that it was just far-ranging. It was not one particular trend of product that was being purchased. It was from tools to tanks to tractors, uh, field bins. Uh, it was just an incredible experience. And 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 for many of us, uh, particularly those event organisers that we have been impacted front line, uh, it was incredibly gratifying uh, to see that the hard work and and obviously and the support from Queensland's agricultural industry. Primarily, we have seventy three percent of uh, Elders Farm Fest exhibitors hail from Queensland and uh, we we really do appreciate very much their support to be at, at FarmFest to offer this opportunity to our farmers. Big focus on agritech, Ben. Big focus on yeah, agritech. And that's where it's and- heading, isn't it? There's a lot of that there's a lot of that going down that road. Mate, where w- w- do we know what the numbers were through the gate, Kate? We, we we exceeded our expectations there because we had over the 60,000 over the three days, a record Wednesday. Our Tuesday uh, was a record again, uh, and it was a very good Thursday. So it was, and the, the visitors hailed from Northern Territory, across Queensland, and Northern New South Wales. And we had exhibitors that came from every state this year, including ACT, and that was that was a first for us yeah. from ACT. But again, it wasn't just an, a tremendous support all round, and a big, big thanks to Darling Downs and uh, and all the support that we receive from the many uh, organisations that play a part in presenting uh, Elders Farm Fest. It's funny where things go. You finish and then I suppose you start preparing. (laughs) You look at it and go, okay, you reassess, you have a week off, you dust yourself off and you go, okay, what can we do better next year and where are we going to go? Absolutely. Absolutely, Ben. It's so important for us to receive the feedback uh, as we do through our research with uh, our attendees and through um, with our exhibitors to take on board um, how we can improve. Uh, we know that it is now Elders Farm Fest gone into the top three field days in Australia. How proud are we? Uh, and uh, and so that is something that again it is some um, testimony to the support, but by all means the investment of time, the investment of of into the local community, um, and and as these field days are, are renowned for, it's not only about that circulation of economy into regional rural Australia, but what it means socially. And culturally, and so we we know there was a there was a lot of um, a lot of opportunity where we were catching up with old friends, old neighbours, uh, and uh, and heard some wonderful stories of how that evolved over the three days at Farm Fest. Yeah, um, 
it, it is quite special, Farm Fest, and I'm just the, – the numbers speak for itself and tens of millions of dollars worth of agricultural machinery and services changed hands. Thousands of visitors, it was a record, flocked through the gates at Toowoomba uh, for Queensland's biggest agricultural field day and it has just surpassed everything that anybody thought it was going to be. Great news story. A great news story and people listening this morning need to be congratulated because we've come out and we support our own. ACM Rural Events Group Manager, Kate Nugent, appreciate your time this morning. Thank you, Ben. Good on you. Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network, 21st of June. We'll take a break, be back with more. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Australian Livestock and Property Agents Association Chief Executive Officer Peter Baldwin. He's a regular on the show and the finalist for this year's Queensland Young Auctioneers Competition have been named after a two-day selection school took place last week in Rockhampton. Pete, good morning. How are you? Uh, good morning, Ben, and, and I hope you're well. Yeah, I'm well. And uh, look, we talk about these finals and we talk about, and I spoke with Cyril about this a couple of weeks ago, but one of the great initiatives that happened with Alpa and one of the great things that happened, and, and blokes like Noel Grant who originated it for it and, you know, the late, great Don Steele and a lot of these a lot of these wonderful people was set this, Andy Madigan, set this in its right stead and create auctioneers and train auctioneers. And we now have this amazing, amazing two-day course where not everybody gets to go to the final, but gee whiz, the numbers going to Rockhampton now to learn to be a better auctioneer, the, the men and women that are attending these, I, I don't get proud, I, I, that might be the wrong word, but you'd be content with the direction that you're heading with this. Oh, we're absolutely delighted, and and, and this year was a, a probably the best template for uh, where the industry is going. We had um, young auctioneers from Coolpie, Longreach, uh, from Mara through to naturally Rocky and, uh, and Dolby, Roma, and the caliber of these young fellows and uh, their desire to make an impact on the industry is uh, it's just so incredibly pleasing. I'll get to the finalists in a minute, and of course, but. Last year, we had the luxury through nobody's fault other than the, the spicy cough COVID that you got to hold um, the finals at the Roma Sayards and it was received so well. It was it was actually highly successful. Now, I understand that it's not going to be like this forever, but it has been quite amazing that you will be back there on the 26th of July, that this is what will happen. The 10 auctioneers um, have been, you know, they're not going to go to the ECA this year. Uh, the final will be on the 26th of July at the Roma Sayards. So it worked. I know it's not a long-term proposition because of the political landscape around it all and I understand all that, but it's good that you get to go to Roma for a second year. Oh, Dobbo, we're, we're jumping out of our skin to go to Roma and just mentioning to the likes of Cyril Close, just how pleasing it was that, that these young fellows, the, the aspirations that they have to, to going to Roma is um, is telling in itself that um, they it, it, it's like a more than a grand final to them. It's like a mecca to be able to, to go to the what really would have to be one of the world's leading sale yards. And, and uh, they see that as um, a, 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 a milestone in their careers. Um, they see it as something that they want to aim for. And probably better still, those who probably have only had a year's experience in the in the game have had a look at um, 
uh, those who have been in and out for, for two and three years, and that's now on way on their on their bucket list to um, to perform to to make the the ten and go to Roma to sell. So the the final ten, and it was a tough competition to get to this. Um, and I'll read them out: Jack Biddle, GDL Quilby, Samuel Clark, GDL Roma, Jack Hanna, GDL Miles, Morgan Harris, Top X Gracemere, Jake Robinson, Nutrien Dolby, Justin Road, Nutrien Rockhampton, Ashley Steele, Horn and Bishop Maurer, Cody Trost, GDL Blackhall, Creed and Weir, Elders Emerald and Wyatt Ringley, Wrigley, Eastern Rural Dolby. They all booked their tickets for the final in Roma on the 26th of July. And, Pete, it would have been hard to come to these 10. It really would have. Oh, correct. We had 15 for selection, 33 attended the school. And of the 15 who went up for selection, you would have gladly asked 15 to pack their, their bags and uh, and sell at Roma because they would have acquitted themselves very well. Um, those who judged said it was the tightest competition that they had seen and uh, and paid tribute to all of the, the 15 who went up for selection. What, what moving forward is the process now? They obviously go back to their selling centres. You guys, is there a dinner the night before or post? Oh, thankfully, there's a dinner on the evening of the competition, so well, we'd love to see you there. There's a cocktail function at the Explorers, and so the um, we'll naturally conduct the uh, – charity auction in aid of Dolly's Dream, yep. and uh, we would be inviting all of industry to come along to um, the Explorers on the uh, on the 26th, so we can make that uh, an Alpi Young Auctioneers function, but we can make it a true blue um, Western Queensland and, and, and industry function. Yeah, it, it is a great night, and, it, and it's one, the 26th of July, people listening, it's an industry function, and it's a real tribute to the livestock industry. And whether or not you're involved, I mean, the agency is so, and, and this award and this auctioneer's competition, I mean, it's no secret, I won this auctioneer competition. It, there is a lot of people who have won it, who have gone on. It is an important part of our history and the livestock industry, this young auctioneer's competition. I don't say that if you win it or, you know, that, that if you don't win it, that, that defines you, but I think it's a great, great tournament. And I think the fact is that, We've got young men and women who are competing and contesting every single day and to be able to have this and recognise them, to have this awards night, to have these kind of functions, it speaks volumes of where it's heading. That's that's the big thing for me. Geez, you've got some other challenges at the moment, haven't you, with, you know, this, so with the change of government. How do, how do you guys go from a national perspective with a change of government and a new ag minister? Is that something, Pete, that you guys try to straight away go and have a meeting with Murray Watt to try and get some understanding of where he's heading and how that could potentially affect your industry? Absolutely. Um Advocacy is, is very, very much part of Alpha, and, um, and so any opportunity that we can work with our key stakeholders, it's important that um, ourselves and the like of AMIC and all the processes and, um, and anyone from the transporters that we work together to be able to um, integrate policy that's, that's best for industry. So um, thankfully, we're on um, a number of task forces, particularly, as you know, Ben, lumpy skin disease is, yeah. is right at the fore, uh, foot and mouth disease. Um, we all are in working together and collegiately uh, to ensure that um, our producers uh, are best served and, and our businesses are best served um, going forward. I am really excited about the 26th of July. I am pleased that we are front and centre. Uh, I just hope 
I just hope that um, that we can get through this. Um, it, it will end, uh, and talking to Cyril publicly, it will end up back at the ECA at some point. Certainly, and with all great due respect to the RNA who are actually endorsing our competition, as they have for so many years, the winner of the uh, the Roma competition, the Queens, the Alpha Queensland Young Auctioneers competition, the winner and runner-up will sell at the ECA in the Lead Steer, competi- uh, Lead Steer auction on um, Wednesday the 3rd of August. Um, which will be an honour in itself. And um, they'll also be represented at our Alpha Industry Dinner. And if I can give that a plug, if you wouldn't mind, sure. uh, which is for the widest of industry, we're going to call it the Alpha Breed Partners Dinner, which will be at the Pullman Hotel on Friday the 5th of August. So that's a wide, the widest invitation to grooms, to, uh, to stock people, to anyone to come along um, and join us in a, in a celebration of the industry in Brisbane on the 5th of August. And... and um, we, we just think that given the, the two years of lockdown and, and so forth, what better way than to, to support what, what is virtually a perfect storm at the moment, uh, get together and, um, and tell a lot of stories <laughs> where city meets country. Unbelievable. Pete, great to chat. Appreciate your time this morning. Oh, thank you, Ben, so much for your continued support. Good on you, mate. This is Rural Queensland today. Those contestants, Jack Biddle, Sam Clark, Jack Hanna, Morgan Harris, Jake Robinson, Justin Road, Ashley Steele, Cody Trost, Creedon Weir and White Wrigley, uh, they will be taking place in Roma on for the uh, state finals of the Young Auctioneers Competition, 26th of July. This is Rural Queensland today. Well, that's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland today, Tuesday morning, the 21st of June. Have a great day, Queensland. We're back tomorrow, same time, same place. Remember, when the wheat is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Ray Hadley joins you next.